What's up and welcome to a fresh Locked On Bulls. It's crossover time, Bulls fans. Joining us on today's episode is the guy making those great videos on the Bulls Central YouTube channel. His name is Jamal Aflatuni. I'm Matt. That's Big Dave. We're getting Jamal's thoughts on this Bulls preseason action and roster decisions on today's episode of Locked On Bulls. Let's go. You are Locked On Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here are your hosts, Matt Peck and Big Dave Watson. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Matt Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow my co-host, Big Dave Watson, at BOW, B-A-W-L Sports. And our guest today is Jamal Aflatuni. He is the creator, manager, and star of the Bulls Central YouTube channel. Jamal, welcome to the pod, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. It's really a pleasure to be uh, meeting with you guys. Of course, man. I had the privilege of joining you on on one of your videos earlier this summer talking about these Bulls offseason moves. And, you know, it it was time to to do the reverse. It's all about I love cross content kind of stuff when it comes to to Bulls podcasting and Bulls YouTube. Um, To all of our listeners out there, if you haven't found Jamal yet on on YouTube, go find him and his channel. It's Bulls Central on youtube we'll, we'll put a, a link to his channel in the description of this episode so you can find it easily and then you can also follow him on twitter at bulls central with two l's correct jamal two l's yeah you know they already had the twitter handle in use and i had to figure something out i was like ah, i guess i'll throw an extra l in there you know right yeah so it's at bull central uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right let's let's dive right in with this jamal bulls three and O in the preseason thus far with one more preseason game to go uh, we can get into specifics and, and each of the games individually if you like, but what has been the thing that has stuck out to you the most to say, wow, didn't necessarily expect to see that? Uh, you know, I mean, I think um, I didn't expect the guys to be clicking off the bat right away. Uh, you know, one of the things that I had really talked about a lot on my show was obviously as Bulls fans, we have very high expectations of this team. You know, we think, oh, we made all of these moves. We're going to be great. And I try to be a little more uh, realistic in managing expectations, saying like, there might be a bit of a learning curve with these guys, right? They're going to be good. They have a lot of talent. There's there's no denying that. And I think um, it's going to take a little time to develop that chemistry. And right away, you just saw them clicking in that very first preseason game. The passing, you know, the ball movement, they were limiting turnovers. Um, they just almost seemed like they had played together for a really long time. So I don't, you know, I mean, obviously there are certain players that stood out to me as well, but I think as a whole, that's what kind of was a surprise to me, which is how easily they're making the game look for a team that is completely been overhauled. I mean, all of these guys are new to this roster, new to Billy Donovan's system, most of them for the most part. So I think that was sort of the biggest surprise to me. I love what I'm seeing so far. Again, we got to add the preseason qualifier, right? You know, it's like, oh, it is just preseason. We'll see what things, how things turn out when we get into the regular season, when they actually start playing uh, against harder competition. Because even in the preseason games, these are against easier teams that aren't even uh, fully healthy. But uh, yeah, that's been the biggest surprise for me, for sure. I would say in these preseason games that that we've watched, they've been really, really good on both sides uh, of the ball, offense and defense. Uh, Which side has impressed you the most, what they've done offensively or what they've done defensively? 
Uh, defensively, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, we knew that this team was going to be good on offense. You know, like we knew that they were going to be an elite offensive team. When you got three players that can average over 20 points per game, you got Levine, uh, DeRozan, Vucevic, uh, you know they're going to be good on offense. I think what surprised me, but not as surprising, because I actually thought that they would be uh, decent, is on the defensive end. You know, I think... You, you look at what all of these national media outlets, I won't name them, but they provide lazy analysis and takes for shop value. But I think we all know who I'm talking about. But most mm -hmm. of these outlets are talking about how the Bulls are going to be terrible on defense, how, you know, their offense is going to be mm -hmm. good, but their defense is going to be so bad that they're barely going to make the playoffs, even if they make the playoffs, which is absolutely absurd. Because, I mean, you look at the lineup compared to who they lost on the defensive end. They lost right. Thaddeus Young, Daniel Tice. Arguably, those are the two best defenders they lost. They also I lost Garrett Temple. Garrett Temple in there, right? Yeah, I, it was just good. They lost Garrett Temple. He's a decent defender as well, you know. But but really, I mean, I know they subtracted a lot more players than just that. But those are the ones, in my view, who were the best defenders. And mm -hmm. despite the Bulls being pretty meh on defense last year, I would actually say that they were kind of a poor defensive team as far as like the eye test goes, anyway. But they managed to finish twelfth in defensive rating. Mm -hmm. Then you add, uh, you know, a guy like Lonzo Ball was a very underrated defender, a perimeter defender, something the Bulls didn't have at all last season. On top of that, you had uh, Alex Caruso, one of the best defenders to come off the bench last season. You had Tony mm -hmm. Bradley, who isn't you know the rim protector that Tice is. I won't argue that, but still a decent defender in the paint at the rim. You had Derek Jones Jr., a good wing defender in his own right with those lanky arms. They had Draft Io, who in my view has been a very scrappy defender in the limited time that we've seen him in the preseason. You even maybe even add Stanley Johnson in the mix, who I know, you know, hasn't made the team and he may not, but I, I think he will when all is said and done. We can talk about that. And that's not including the guys that they already have on the defensive end, like Patrick Williams, Trey Brown Jr. So I think that this team will be surprisingly good on defense. And you're already seeing that in the preseason. I don't think they're going to be an elite defensive team by any means, but they're not going to be horrible like some people are making them out to be, not with the level of talent they have. And that's not even factoring in, you know, Zach Levine. I'm sure you guys watched him in the Olympics when he was in Tokyo. Of course. He yeah. played pretty decent defense. So it's like if mm -hmm. you can have all of these guys at least just putting in the effort on the defensive end, they're going to be good. And so, uh, you know, big Dave, back to your question. That's what surprised me the most because I think the expectation is that they, they were going to be quick in transition. They were going to be fast. They were going to be doing well on offense. But I think uh, I didn't expect that the, def the defensive effort was going to be there uh, right off the bat. And it has. Yeah, I think it's something that Billy preached from day one of training is uh, just engaging on the defensive end. I don't care where you are as far as your talent defensively, wherever you are talent-wise, if you're engaged and all five guys on the court, whoever's out there are all engaged, you can generate those amazing fast-break opportunities that we've been treated to in these preseason games so far where we get yeah. to see Lonzo and 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 Zach get out and run and transition and Caruso making no-look passes on the break. You got to get yeah. the steals in order to do that. And whether it's Zach, even DeMar DeRozan and, and Vooch, both, both of whom are known, and I think for the most part rightly so as subpar defenders, <laughs> just getting their hands in passing lanes, being disruptive, you know, yeah, you might get beat one on one a couple of times, or or Demar get uh, might get caught, you know, ball watching off the ball or whatever. That's mm -hmm. gonna happen. But if you're engaged defensively at all times, you can't create those turnovers. And uh, so I guess that that leads me to my next one for you, Jamal. Is what what has been most entertaining for you to watch so far with all of these new pieces we have when it comes to the Bulls scoring the basketball? 
Has it been those transition and fast break opportunities we've seen? Or have you actually enjoyed more some of the half-court stuff we've seen where you have Vooch operating in pick-and-roll scenarios with <laughs> all of Lonzo, Levine, DeMar, DeMar, you know, picking and choosing his spots to get his ISO stuff. Zach Levine getting to operate off the ball more offensively. What of all those things has really piqued your curiosity offensively? Yeah. I mean, really all of them have been great, right? But I think the thing that stands out to me most is, is just the speed and transition. It, just because we haven't seen that from a Bulls team in so long. We haven't had like a true playmaking type player. Now we really have two, right? I mean, you, yeah. everyone talks about Lonzo Ball being that, that playmaker that we so desperately needed, but DeMar DeRozan is also a very good playmaker as well. And even Zach Levine, when he, you know, when he wants to be, he can be a really good uh, playmaker too. And so I think seeing all of that together and how quickly they've just been able to move up and down the court, that's what's been the most exciting to me uh, on the offensive end. I absolutely love it. Like I said, uh, you know, it's why I can't wait for the regular season to get started because it's like you almost don't want to get ahead of yourself. Like it's like we're getting like they're, they look incredible. They're going to be unstoppable going into the season. It's like, well, it is preseason. Let's, you know, let, let's see what happens in the regular season. But I think, you know, based on what we've seen thus far, those are very encouraging signs, whether it's preseason or not. Um, so that that to me has been what's standing out the most for sure. Mm. I, I want to get your thoughts on on some of those um, other rotational pieces that that you mentioned. And, you know, Io among them, because boy, he 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 showed Bulls fans something in that second <laughs> Cavs game with with just some ice cold buckets late. Uh, before we do that, quick break to tell all of our listeners about sleeper the amazing fantasy basketball app in 2018 the fantasy sports experts at sleeper realized the fantasy basketball was broken games were being won and lost just based on whose players had more games scheduled that week it was dumb it made no sense it required no strategy at all it was dumb luck so here's what happened in 2020 sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball it's called game pick and it's only available on that sleeper app in game pick owners pick a single game per week for each starter in their lineup to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. So simple. The days of losing because your opponent's players just have more games than your players that week are over. The days of mindless busy work are over. The days of giving up halfway through the season because of all of that stupid busy work also over. Whether you prefer redraft leagues, keeper leagues, dynasty leagues, game pick has you covered. Sleeper cracked the fantasy basketball code. And if you play fantasy football like I do, like my guy Big Dave here does, if you prefer building out a weekly roster, a weekly strategy versus all of that busy, daily, busy work of, of you know, DFS, you're going to love game picks. So download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. All right, Big Dave, where are we that. going next, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> Job well done, sir. <laughs> See, uh, Dave, Dave wasn't kidding before we hit record when he asked you if you wanted to read one. I mean, <laughs> the fewer ads I have to read, the better. <laughs> it was his whole plan to get me on this show. He wanted me to be on here, but his whole plan was just to give me the ads to read. That's right. I'm telling you. I know, I, I know Matt. I know how it goes. I know it. Well done, sir. Well done. I'm lazy. I'm lazy. <laughs> well done. <laughs> But Jamal, I, I do want to ask you though. I, I do want to ask you this: uh, with all the new players that we have, you know, what I'm saying the whole, basically a whole new roster that we got, uh, except for, you know maybe Patrick Williams, Kobe White, and Zach, and those guys. Who's the guy that you're looking at when you see all these new players, and you're like, this is the player that I think will benefit the most from having this new lineup, this new offense, you know, this new system in place. Who's the player that you think 
will benefit the most from this? Well, I'll give you I'll give you a, a, a cliche answer that that probably most people would give and then i'll give maybe a kind of a more unique one but i mean it's got to be lonzo right you know a a new situation a new environment that will that can really harness the skills and the things that he's good at rather than what he was doing last year you know as he mentioned operating as sort of like a three and d type player and to now be in a system first of all a team that wanted him to be there Hmm. a big market which we all know he wanted to be in a big market Mm -hmm. and um a, a team that needed both a playmaker and a defender, which he fits both of those bills, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you know he, that's one player that's going to benefit the most uh, from being in a new roster, a new environment, a new system. But I think another guy, and, and he really has stepped out to me, who I wouldn't say that I was critical of, maybe a little more skeptical when it was first announced that we were signing him, but uh, Alize Johnson. I, I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, the, a guy that that has only played, what, like some barely 50 games in his entire NBA career, um, you know, has just kind of fought and clawed his way through the G League and now has been able to make his way onto an NBA roster. I know that his contract hasn't been fully guaranteed yet. Right. It's possible he may not end up making the roster. I think he absolutely will. He may even end up being in the rotation when all is said and done. But I think for a guy like him where they're, you know, the Bulls who don't have uh, a ton of depth at the power forward position, that could be a huge opportunity for him to really showcase what he's about. Still a young player. I think he's only 25. Um, so it's not like, you know, he's uh, uh, sort of already hit his peak and is going to be on the decline soon. He still has the ability to get better and better. And what you saw from him in that preseason, just being bodying guys way mm-hmm. bigger than him, mm-hmm. getting those rebounds and putting it back up. I'm like, who is this guy? Like, I barely knew of, of Alice. I mean, you, you saw like the, the crazy, like a couple games he had with the Nets last season. You're like, right. oh, okay, right. you know, a G leaguer that played some good games. Right. Um, but he's really impressed me. So I think he's another guy that's really going to benefit in a system where, you know, the Bulls are in pretty good shape across the board when you look at this lineup. But where they do lack a little bit is at that four spot. And so a guy like Alizé, who uh, is good in that role, who they're just going to need him to crash the boards and just be that hustle type player, almost like a, a, a bigger David Nawaba, if you will. Um, so I, I think that he's really going to benefit from the system. And I can't wait to see him, you know, w- watch him in the regular season. I really do hope he makes the team. But I honestly think there's no doubt in my mind. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Are, are you are you an official member of the Bring Back David Nawaba fan club? <laughs> Dude, I love <laughs> David Nawaba. He's like what he was like one of my favorite Bulls players. And he got like. Oh, like let him go. <laughs> let him Where go. was it? Like the the cat was? Did he go to the Cavs right after the Bulls? The, or? Yeah, went to the Cavs after the Bulls, yeah. and then he went to Houston, I believe. Yeah, after yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so somewhere there are five Nawabas in the NBA. That's all. Yes, I yes. Oh, Stacy, the five, yeah, but, five David Nawabas all over the place. Yeah, they're all over. But I, you know, I think Dave and I are both with you, uh, Jamal, as when it comes to Alize. Like, not only. Has he played these minutes in preseason like a guy who has earned himself a spot on this roster, but maybe even minutes, uh, you know, yeah. and, and and that's even if, you know, Tony, Tony Bradley is healthy and ready to go by the time we get to our actual regular season opener, October 20th, which guess what? That's only eight days away. And like, you know, we're hearing that, you know, Patrick Williams is expected back any day now, maybe even their final preseason game on Friday. Bradley, not so much, but even when Bradley does come back, yeah, Bradley can give you a bit more rim protection than Alizé can, but Alizé's activity on the glass on both ends, man, holy moly. And, like, yeah. I remember when the Bulls picked him up 
um, earlier this uh, this offseason, and he had that tweet that was like, "Hey, what like what's up, Chicago?" And it was a gif of Rodman like playing to the crowd at the yeah, United. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. "I love this guy already." Right. Yeah. right. I don't. Right. I don't know if either of you guys had a chance to look at it yet. Earlier today, Rob yeah, Schaefer for NBC Sports had yeah. uh, you know uh, a quick back and forth with Alize after today's practice and wrote an article about him. He has been studying Dennis Rodman mm-hmm. game tape. I love I, it. I, I mean, it. Yeah. what more do you need to be convinced that this dude is going to bust his butt every time he's out there? Yeah. And he's like, you know, he's like probably studying Dennis Rodman tape being like, boom, this way, boom, that way, boom, <laughs> over here. It's just like last dance style. So that leads me to this, though. I think a lot of people, Jamal, are wondering who is going to be maybe that person left out, you know, on the outside looking in when it comes to these final mm-hmm. cuts. We saw that the Bulls already uh, waived Ethan Thompson and Daniel Aturu, guys that the Bulls said they hoped would, you know, make their way to the Windy City squad uh, if they wanted to stick around. But there's kind of a few names on the bubble, and I think a lot of people are wondering if it's down to two players, and it's the other Johnson, Stanley Johnson, who we've seen some things from this preseason, but he hasn't made his impact felt on the games, I think, in the way that Alizé Johnson has. And then the other guy, Matt Thomas, who... He's gotten some run, a guy who could maybe, you know, add some shooting depth to that bench. Maybe people are a little bit worried about the amount of shooting on the on the Bulls second unit. Where do you stand with those two guys, Stanley Johnson and Matt Thomas? And do you think there's anybody else uh if it's not one of those two guys who's going to be essentially the last the last one left to cut, to be cut yeah. from the roster? I mean, it's definitely between those two guys. You know, I think I think there was there wasn't any surprise with you know Ethan Thompson and Daniel Truro, uh, and uh, I think Tyler Cook obviously is the other option. I think you know mm-hmm. he likely will get waived as well. It's definitely between those two, and I, I I I hesitate because Matt Thomas would be a a a good option because, like you said, the Bulls don't really have a ton of shooting in the second unit. My only uh, hesitation with that though is we've got such a crowded backcourt right now i mean you know kobe white's going to be out for the beginning of the season but once he comes back it's like where does matt even fit at that point how is he even going to be able to get minutes and maybe you know it's kind of a moot point it's like both of these players whether it's stanley johnson or matt thomas they're not going to probably going to be in the rotation they're not going to be getting many minutes unless it's in garbage time so does it really matter but i think for a guy like stanley johnson former lottery pick um hasn't just really lived up to the hype that most people expected Mm -hmm. of him coming out of high school. I mean, people forget he was a number three recruit coming into college. And then obviously was the number eight overall pick. I think it was the final year. He was just a freshman one and done. And he just hasn't really panned out, you know, wherever he's been. And I, what I like about Stanley Johnson over Matt Thomas is uh, the defense. Cause I still think the bulls could use that defense, especially at the wing. I know that they're a little crowded at the wing, but he also has some versatility in that he can play the four. And again, we talk about the lack of depth of the four. So if I had to choose between the two, it would probably be Stanley Johnson. It doesn't mean that I think, you know, he's a, a better player than Matt Thomas because you can always use outside shooting. But I think overall uh, Johnson just gives the bulls the versatility that they're probably going to need and it doesn't log jam us in the backcourt with everyone else we have. But would love to hear what you guys think, though. Mm, that's true, man. But that's a good. Oh, I think Stanley Johnson. I I hope he finds his way on this team. You know what? This it feels good because this is honestly a problem the Bulls haven't had in years. Oh yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it feels good to talk about this honestly because I'm like, 
we we were we, it was slim pickings for a very long time. Usually, we're trying um, to scramble our way to just get fifteen guys. <laughs> exactly, exactly, <laughs> like fifteen warm bodies, yeah. and we would have took twelve, and you know, thirteen just you know kind of lukewarm. You know, we would have <laughs> went with that. But um, Stanley Johnson, man, might be that guy that's out. You mentioned Tyler Cook too. I think Matt Thomas finds his way on this team. Because the one thing I, I thought the Bulls didn't have, and I had said to Matt before, was a spot-up shooter. Uh, I wanted them to have that. You know, I think every team kind of just needs that guy. That's what he does. Every team needs a goon. Every team kind of needs a spot-up shooter. Uh, that's all he comes in and does. And right. I think Matt Thomas played his way uh, in that in those first two preseason games, especially when he hit that four-point, <laughs> three-point shot. I was like, okay, yeah, this dude belongs on a roster. So I believe he's going to make it. But, oh, man, Stanley Johnson might be that odd man out, man, because honestly, I he think I be. was a little higher on him than I was Alizé coming into it. Because um, mm. Alizé, I just said, will be the goon. I just had him in my head like, oh, he'll be the dude to come in that we use six, who has six fouls and maybe scores a few points and, you know, <laughs> will just be that toughness. He'll be the goon for us. And he's been the goon, but he's the goon that has to play now because yeah. of the rebounds and the impact that he has. So he kind of played his way right on in. Uh, same way with Javante Green, just kind of played his way uh, just right on in to uh, rotation minutes. And I haven't seen Stanley Johnson really do that yet. Um, but I know he has the skill, too. Uh, I know he has the talent. I mean, he has that three-point shot. I mean, he, the the ability, uh, the length, you know what I'm saying, being that wing can play that three and that four. I know he can do those things. But it's just those guys' impact have been just far greater and shown more than I've seen with Stanley. So I don't know if he wants to stay with us as far as the G League uh, goes, but he he might be the one. He might be the one. Well, and I th the only thing I'll add to that debate as far as Stanley versus uh, Thomas is, and I think it's something that you brought up in an episode right after their first preseason game, Dave, which is because like when, when Matt Thomas checked in and I was like, wow, Matt Thomas is getting run this early in the game. Yeah. And you were yeah. like, he's basically, I think Donovan's giving him the Kobe White minutes right now. Yeah. The, the spot up yeah. shooter coming in off the bench early in the game. So then, you know, my question there would be, when Kobe White, you know, knock on wood, comes back healthy as scheduled sometime in early mid-November, mm -hmm. does Matt Thomas's usefulness on this roster kind of dissipate because you got a much better version of that in Kobe White coming back? Mm -hmm. And you assume that once Kobe White, you know, Billy Donovan might ramp him up a little bit, it's like, you sure. know, cautiously. But sure. once Kobe's ready to go, he's going to get minutes. And yeah. then, you know, Matt Thomas is basically sitting on your bench for the rest of the season unless somebody else, God forbid, goes down, whereas Stanley might be able to offer you some things that Kobe White doesn't, especially well, on his, the defensive end. That's right. true. That's true. But the, I think the thing with that, Matt, is Matt Thomas, more so than Stanley, will have a chance to get more run to show what he can do uh, during the season because of Kobe's injury. Uh, so you might go to, to Matt Thomas to give him a couple of those minutes and things like that, whereas Stanley Johnson – Man, it's, it's going to be tough getting in there at that three or that four, man. When you got DeMar, you got Patrick, you got Alice and so on. You know, you got guys who are, you know, even even uh, Javante Green, is still, he's the two and he's still in minutes at the four. So right. that doesn't help your position either. So it's kind of crowded at that wing position right now. I know it's a crowded backcourt too, but coming off the bench and knowing there'll be some space there that Kobe, you know what I'm saying, with his injury, you know, he won't be there. He'll have a chance to prove himself and show kind of what he can do and showcase. And if he does, then you then those great tough decisions will will come, man. So he'll have a better opportunity to do it than Stanley, I think.
Well, let me let me ask you guys this, if if I may, let's just steal sure. the show here. Um, the you know, I mean, <laughs> historically speaking, right? Billy Donovan has has preferred like eight to nine man rotations, more or less, right? I, last year kind of wasn't really the case. I talked about this in, in one of my recent videos. I mean, last year wasn't the case just because the roster was kind of a mess. But <laughs> typically speaking, he likes shorter man rotations, and so you know, whether it's Matt Thomas or Stanley Johnson, they're probably not going to get that many minutes, uh, you know, if they do in fact make the team. And so I'm almost curious to know as far as the rotation goes, will we even see someone like Io get minutes once Kobe gets back? You know, like, because I, I would love to see Io at least get some minutes. Like I've actually been kind of disappointed that Billy's only been putting him in like near the end, you know, of the game uh, uh, in the preseason. It's like, give the guy a little more playing time. He's a rookie. It's just the preseason. But um, that's the first thing you were talking about, Matt Thomas. It's like, well, when Kobe comes back, what's Matt going to do from, from my perspective? It's like, well, when Kobe comes back, what's going to happen to IO because you got Caruso, you got Kobe again, if Billy sticks with those eight to nine man rotations, there's probably not really going to be a spot for him. I, I think that's your answer. I think, you know, when Kobe comes back, you know, if IO actually even gets minutes before Kobe White's return, Sure. And like you yeah. said, like we'll see what his rotation boils down to. I think Alze has earned a spot. Clearly, Javante Green has earned a spot, even yeah. assuming, you know, P-Dub comes in and starts at the four as planned. Javante's getting minutes off that bench. I, I see Io sitting a lot this year. Yeah. I do. Um, yeah. Which, you know, is is good and bad. If, if the Bulls stay healthy, then they don't need a second round draft pick playing big minutes for them. If for whatever reason he finds himself needed, then you know, like like Patrick Williams last season, it's like, all right, Billy's like, hey, baptism by fire, go out there, try and guard somebody. Like, you know, good luck. But you know, we'll 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 see. Um, few more thoughts that I want to get uh, get from you, Jamal, uh, especially on that guy Javante Green, who we just mentioned. But first, Dave, if our yes. listeners and our viewers yes. want yes. to put some money on some sporting mm -hmm. events, mm -hmm. where might they go? Oh, I'm so glad you asked me this question, man. I've been waiting for you to ask me this all day long. <laughs> Listen, my man, Matt Peck, yesterday put some money down. All right? Put some money down on the Monday night game and came up wonderfully. And why did he do that? You know why he did that? You know why he was successful at it? Because he used Bet Online. Because it is your number one spot for pro and college football action this season. Now with the updated website. With the new interface, with the odds, the props, and the contest, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Everything, everything. So head to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And please, please don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus. That is locked on. Use that and you will receive your bonus. Football, basketball, boxing, tennis, handball, whatever you want to bet on, you can do it here. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available to you and yours for the 2021 season. Bet online is your fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Mm, 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 sports. Have you ever uh, bet on handball before, Big Dave? I don't want to get into my past, man. You know, I've done things, Jamal. I've done things. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. 
<laughs> just say I'm still here. <laughs> good point. Good point. Uh, so I, th- I think even before Alizé Johnson, Jamal, the Bulls fans' biggest pleasant surprise of preseason was Javante Green. Yeah. Stuffing Lowry Markkinen, bodying Lowry oh. Markkinen, dunking oh. over Lowry Markkinen. <laughs> number two. Wearing number right, 24, right, of course. Right, right. Um, I think some Bulls fans wondered when we heard the news about Tice, uh, you know, getting that sign trade over to Houston and then paying Alex Caruso that contract. I don't know if any of them are still making noise anymore, but there were some Bulls fans who were like, why didn't you just pay Daniel Tice the money that you paid Alex Caruso? I think, and I think I brought this up to Dave at one point um, uh, in, in the past, in the offseason, I think Javante Green was the sneaky reason the Bulls front office made that Celtics trade in the first place. Like, mm. yeah, Tice was a nice piece to have for half a season, but I think they knew that they were going to be outbid for his services, so to speak. And they were like, but we can't steal Javante Green. I, I mean, what what are your impressions of this guy so far? And now, again, assuming that Patrick Williams is in that starting lineup for opening night, how do you see Billy using him off the bench now? Yeah, I mean, I, I love Javante Green. I, I love and I and I liked what I saw from him even last season. So, you know, initially after the trade, he wasn't getting really any minutes. And then I think I can't even remember who they were playing, but they were losing really badly. Javante Green came in because it was like, I think Billy was almost like, ah, it's garbage time at this point. And Javante Green just balled out, basically brought them back into the game. I think this, mm-hmm. I want to say this was, uh, maybe it's not, I, I want to say this was the, oh my goodness, Denzel Valentine, no game. Um, oh, against Miami? I mean, the Heat? The and maybe it wasn't against the Heat, but it was a game where like we were slowly coming back and it was like, oh, we might have been able to win, but then we we fell short because that, that right. happened a lot last season. Because it but, was um, a day yeah, that I mean, ended he, in Y last season. <laughs> <laughs> but but he he was just I loved his intensity and 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 um he's actually a very athletic player in his ability to like ball handle and dribble drive to the hoop and so seeing that I even remember saying on my channel I was like look I actually hope the Bulls can keep Javante Green um because you could probably get him for pretty cheap which they did um and and I think a lot of people were like now why would we keep Javante Green I think that was just sort of a filler as a part of the Daniel Tice trade um so I don't know if that was like their intention all along so to speak I think that they probably did want to prioritize Daniel Tice but I think at the end of the day like you mentioned they the, the price point was just too high and I think they really wanted someone like Alex Caruso and so that that was how the, the mm-hmm. dice sort of fell but as far as Javante Green yeah has really impressed me in preseason and if Patrick you know comes back and he's full healthy which like you mentioned it's possible he could come back on friday um yeah i see him being a part of the rotation i see him you know because he's a versatile player he can play two three or four he can probably come back and and be a backup for patrick williams or be a backup off off the wing as well i think uh, you always need those hustle and energy type players those players who um probably don't get as much recognition as they deserve and that kind of want, you know, they're motivated to play even harder as a result. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're seeing from, from Green right now. So I'm curious to see how Billy Donovan's going to use him, you know, once Patrick Williams does come back. Um, and I hope that he does still get good minutes and he is included in that rotation. You know what's I really just, great, too? Go ahead, you know, Dave. Real quick, you know what's really great is guys are not, you know, huge. And they're playing these other positions like Javon, you know, 6'4". And we just talked about Alice 6'7". You know, who might be playing center, who's getting rebounds over Taco Fall. You know, I love this so much because we Matt knows, uh, Jamal, how much I yelled about Lowry Markin and not realizing he's seven feet tall. 
And I like these guys who don't know that they're six four, who don't know that they're six seven. In yeah. their head, you know, they're eight feet tall, and that's how they're gonna play. And it's just really refreshing. I mean, it's just really refreshing. Go ahead, Matt. Please. Ask yeah. question. Well, I was like uh, the one concern I might have there with Javante and his usefulness in these preseason starts he's getting. He's sharing the floor with four guys who are all like legitimate threats off the book. Bo- I well, so I guess you sure. know, Demar. Demar is not a three point shooter. We've seen him shoot some threes so far this preseason, it's but yeah. you still you still have uh, Lonzo, Zach, and Vooch out there launching threes in that starting lineup. If we're worried about the the amount of legitimate three point shooting threats in this second unit. Is Javante less useful because he himself is not much of a shooter? That's the one thing that I'm already like a little bit worried about when it comes to like how much I love watching Javante in these spot start minutes versus will he will he lose a little bit of that shine if maybe his his lack of shooting flaw is exposed in a second unit where there's a lack of shooting overall. <laughs> That's actually a really good point. I never really considered that for the most part, right? It's like when you're playing with a certain set of guys, you can do incredibly well. And then for some guys, you just don't fit that well with. And in this Mm -hmm. instance with Javante Green, in a second unit where there's not going to be as much scoring or shooting anyway, is it going to work or is he going to look as good as you're seeing right now in the preseason? It's funny. I actually have a – so I do a a hot takes uh, video every week um, where I have all my – subscribers send in like their bulls hot takes and one of the hot takes that i actually got for this week that i'll have up tomorrow is someone was saying that hey if javante green continues to play the way that he has been patrick williams is going to be coming off the bench and obviously i don't think that's going to be the case at all there's no way that that happens (laughs) but the thing is that now that you're saying that i'm like i mean maybe you know javante green kind of fits better on i mean it's a moot point it's not going to happen but it's right there's there is something to be said about green being alongside four very talented players or very talented scores, mm-hmm. uh, maybe that's what's making him look really good right now. And maybe it won't be the case coming off the bench. Right. Well, and it's and it's not just uh whoever sent that into you. We did Big Dave, didn't we have a voicemail that we did on an, our voicemail episode last week where somebody suggested yeah. the same thing? Like, yeah, yeah, bring Patrick Williams off the bench. Like yeah. and oh, Dave man. and I were both like, I wonder, I wonder no, if it was no, no, the, no. the same guy, who knows? It could have been. been somebody who listens to us and and watches you. Which by the way, um as Dave just threw in the ticker down there at the bottom of the screen, if you aren't already subscribed to Jamal's Bulls Central channel on YouTube for his great content, he puts up videos that are all great all the time. And like us here on Like the Bulls, he has fun guests. Um, mm-hmm. One time he had a dumb guest. It was me. Um, all right. Let's let's get uh, big picture here, Jamal. I was just doing a Locked on NBA episode last night, breaking down the Eastern Conference hierarchy and rankings and projected rankings and everybody has their take on where they see the bulls finishing so i'll I'll give you a window you can give me a window of like best possible seat outcome worst possible seat outcome and where Mm. in that range you see them most likely when it comes to how many wins is this team getting and what seat are they getting well, this is this is really timely because the video that I uploaded earlier this morning was actually breaking down what I think, uh, you know, how things are going to stack up in the East uh, among all go. 15 teams. But go watch that Bulls, video after this one. <laughs> yes, right. do it. Exactly. Um, for the Bulls, uh, for, for a range, I would say, I mean, here's the thing. Because the East is going to be competitive this year, probably the most competitive they've been in a better part of a decade. Um, I really think that 
it can go really well for them or it could not go so well for them. A lot of it just depends on how the roster fits, you know, whether or not they buy into Billy Donovan's system, which all signs point to yes so far. But I would say a range of highest three seed, probably the lowest. I would, you know, I know some people are like, oh, I would say it's a range between three and 12 seed. Like, no, I would say the, the, the minimum that I really see them falling to in the East is an eight seed. I think anything less than eight is an absolute disappointment and a failure of a season. I honestly, I would even say anything less than a six seed. I'm just saying Mm -hmm. that because injuries can happen, you know, we're, we're still operating in a pandemic. There are going to be health and safety protocols. Things can happen where they may, they may fall a little bit lower, Mm -hmm. but honestly, anything less than a six seed with the changes that they made, the fact that they really went all in on guys like DeMar DeRozan and Lonzo ball, you know, all the assets that they had to give up for those guys. Um, Anything less than a six seed, in my view, is is a disappointment. So, so I, I, in my video, I had the Bulls finishing with the fifth seed, um, and I think you know some Bulls fans, diehard Bulls fans, might not like that saying. What are you talking about? We're title contenders, and it's like, well, it, it's going to take a little. It's going to take a little bit. Uh, you know, it, uh, I, I don't think that we need to start saying that. You know, these guys should be a one-two seed after the moves right. that they made. They're going to be a good team, um, yeah. but there's still, you know, are going to be some holes to their game. Um, so that's that range. I would say three to eight. My ideal that I think that they should hit anyway is a five seed. And that's really because you still have a really strong team. You have the Bucks, the Nets, uh, the Sixers, that whole Ben Simmons saga is still ongoing. I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, you know, the Heat, still a good team. Um, you, you still have is, the is Hawks. Is there one team that you're like not buying in the East that other people are buying, whether it's Boston, Philly, Atlanta, Miami? I mean, I, I definitely think that uh, I'm not buying the Celtics as much, but I think that might not be a huge surprise to people because in a way they were almost exposed last year to an extent, right? You know, they disappointed right. last year and mm-hmm. falling all the way to the seventh seed. They got bounced in the first round of the playoffs. Um, they also have a new head coach, first time head coach, He's never coached, uh, head coached an NBA game anyway. Um, and I think the other team that I'm not, buying as much is um the hawks and i and and the reason i say that is because i do think that their season last year i don't want to call it fluky but i do think there's something to fluky. i wouldn't mind (laughs) i i just i i think that you know there's something first of all the the new um foul baiting rule that the nba is coming out with which i love and i'm so happy they're doing that i actually think that's going to impact trey young's game I know most oh, yeah. people are, ah, he, you know, he'll, he's still an incredible shooter and he is, and he's an incredible player, but he's going to have to work to get to the foul line, which he relied mm-hmm. upon so much last year. And so I think that is going to impact their game. And I think also just because they're, they're still young, they're not the best defensive team. Um, I, I just, I'm not hundred percent sold on them. I think a lot of people, most people have the Hawks above the bulls. And to me, I'm just like, well, why, you know, they didn't really do that much this off season, which, okay, fine. They still have a good team, but the bulls made significant moves this off season, whereas the Hawks didn't. Um, so that those are the two teams, both the, the Hawks and the Celtics that I don't think are going to be as good as some people are probably making them out to be. Mm. I, I agree with you and I slightly disagree with you. Um, okay. I agree with you definitely about the bulls for sure. I have the, I have them as a six seed and I okay. think in, Anything if a play in is is the bare minimum this year yeah. where it was the goal in previous seasons. Right. And I think, yeah, I think if they're in the play in, I'm I'm extremely disappointed and I will come on here yelling. I probably <laughs> do that. I would I would not be happy if they end up in a play in game. This is makes a mental notes. Oh dear yes, god. Mental, <laughs> yes. 
learn to sit back from microphone <laughs> and yell. But yeah, it, I would be completely disappointed. So yeah, definitely five or six seed. I I definitely see that for the Bulls. Uh, where I disagree with you is is on the Hawks. Is I don't mind that they didn't make those moves. Um, I don't think there were any moves for them to truly, truly make. Sure. Um, I think that they were already established and set in everything they pretty much had. That is a really complete team uh, that they have over there. And what all they were lacking, in my opinion, was that experience. And the fact that they now know they can actually get there, no matter how they got there, the fact that they now know that, oh, it's possible, this is attainable, uh, this is tangible, we've, we've done this, we can actually get back there and do it again. For me, that that lends credence to the fact that they'll actually be a little bit better. I'm not saying they're going to the finals. <laughs> That's not yeah. what I'm saying at all. But this team is going to be a little bit tougher and a little bit stronger, I think, this year, in my opinion. Um, it is definitely going to hurt Trey Young. Uh, that that uh, It's going to hurt his game a lot. I'm looking at him and Harden and Luka. I'm looking at those guys, oh, yeah. uh, especially with that rule. But Trey Young, of course, because out of those three, he is the smallest one. And he relied on that a whole lot. But he is a really good point guard. And having he guys is, like John Collins out there um, and also Cam Reddish, who I think is really going to be awesome this year if, if he can stay healthy, uh, I think he's really going to be big for them. So I think Atlanta's going to be a problem, man. Uh, I'm not scared of them. I think the Bulls can beat them. <laughs> I'm yeah. not scared of anything. But I think if, when the seeding's in, I think they'll be higher. I think they'll be higher than the Bulls. Well, and, th- and that's the thing about the East is, like, it wouldn't also shock me if the Atlanta Hawks finished with, like, the third seed. You right, know, and right, it's like yeah. it, it's, it can go so many different ways because it's a really talented conference this year. Um, so yeah. I get that, you know, I think and I think I'm probably just a bit more skeptical than most people that's are fair. when it comes to the Hawks. You know, I, no, that's I'm, fair. Sure, that's fair. I'm sure Hawks yeah. fans, you know, are in the video that I posted earlier today are going to start roasting me and saying, like, how can you possibly think that the Bulls are going to be better than the Hawks? And it's just like, I mean, partially I'm biased because I'm a Bulls fan, but I think also <laughs> just yes, I'm looking true. more at the, you know, the veteran experience that this Bulls team has over a team like mm. the Hawks. Because you, you mentioned that, that that's the thing there. They're young guys. They're not as experienced. And you are right. It kind of actually, to be honest, it kind of reminds me of the the D Rose year uh, where Rose won the MVP, where the Bulls went all the way Eastern Conference Finals, and they just weren't ready. They didn't have the experience, right? And they just got their butts kicked by the Heat. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if Rose didn't get injured, I even hate bringing that that story up. If he didn't get injured the following season, that might have been enough for them, that experience, because they knew what to expect, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, we went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Maybe that's kind of similar to the Hawks. It's like they're going to have that additional edge because they were able to make that deep run, even if it was a Cinderella run. So, yeah, I hear what you're saying for sure. Yeah, their seeding is going to be really important too, because if yeah. they end up playing the Bucks or the Nets, this is this is a moot point. <laughs> that, that, right, that right, right, here. for so sure. Over there for sure. So yeah, well, they we know that out. if the Bulls get matched up with Brooklyn in the first round, however that shakes out, we don't need to worry about Kyrie at home games or away games. So you know, <laughs> oh, man. good news there. <laughs> so crazy, so crazy, so insane, so insane. Oh, All right, I think that'll about do it for today's episode. Jamal, thank you so much for joining us, man. Really enjoyed chatting with you again. Um, we we should keep doing these crossover shows because uh, they're a lot of fun. Uh, again, like I said at the top of the show, if you are a Locked On Bulls listener and have not yet found Jamal's Bulls Central channel on YouTube, go do yourself a favor and subscribe to it right now because he does great work putting up consistent videos, breaking down all Bulls topics and news, and has some fun guests on as well. So, Jamal, thank you again for joining us. And go find his Bull Central YouTube channel, and you can follow him on Twitter at Bulls Central with two L's in Central. Until next time, Jabal, take it easy, buddy. Appreciate it, guys. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Joe being on. Thank you. 
That's it. Um, we'll be on tomorrow with another fresh episode. Me and Big Dave. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore Peck. Big Dave's at Foul BAW All Sports. Ah. And hit us up on that text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. For my co-host, Big Dave, and our great, wonderful guest, Jamal. Matt saying thanks for listening and watching. As always, Bulls Nation. See Red be good. Peace out.